Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host Alex Klein and we're talking comics today, which I I've realized now the honestly the less that I talk about comics, the more I want to talk about comics. So, uh, I'm really grateful for uh, I guess figuring out this new way of doing it, this a monthly discussion on comics versus, you know, twice a week at that point. I was kind of getting exhausted, but uh, we have a ton to talk about today, so we're going to dive right in. Um, there's a bunch. I have a bunch of comics. I got my Midtown comics for the month of uh, December uh, just a couple days ago, and I just got done reading all of those, and it was a great batch. Along with uh, the comics that I had received over the last few weeks in stores, I decided to obviously wait to talk about those as well. So um, this on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about all of the Dawn of X issue number fives, except for X-Men, obviously. Um, X-Men has been delayed, so um, that was announced maybe a month or so ago, uh, all of those issues got pushed back, which is kind of a bummer, um, just because I think X-Men was probably everybody's favorite or most people's favorite. Uh, so X-Men issue number four came out a week or two ago, uh, and so issue five doesn't come out, I think, until in two more weeks. Uh, so all of them got basically pushed back two weeks. So that's why if you, you know, you, you had that on your subscription and it hadn't come in yet, if your shop didn't tell you it's because it got delayed though, they never tell you why it gets delayed. Um, but for, you know, there's obviously many different reasons a comic book can be delayed, but we've got the Dawn of X comics. We've got, uh, the newest issue of Venom, actually two, uh, issues of Venom to talk about. And then, uh, we've got Agents of Atlas, uh, History of the Marvel Universe, King Thor, Star Wars, Symbiote Spider-Man, and Captain Marvel. So, like I said, a lot. But before we jump in, I wanted to uh, talk about a piece of, not necessarily news, but um, I just, I, and I had actually, I decided to unfollow a couple of these comic book creators, uh, and nothing, nothing against them. I think they're phenomenal, and specifically like Donny Cates, uh, who's one of my favorite artists of all time. I had had a conversation with you guys on a, a prior podcast about the overhyping of comic books, and at least for me personally, it was it was becoming really overwhelming. So, uh, like I said in the prior you know episodes, uh, people like Donny Cates would constantly say, you know, every single issue of theirs coming out is the next big thing. It's the best thing in business. And uh, hearing that from multiple creators at the exact same time, it, it hurts my head. I'm like, okay, well, so am I supposed to buy every single one of these issues? And what happens if it isn't the greatest thing since sliced bread? Are you going to give me a refund? Uh, there's, just, there's a lot going on. It's like, you know, for my own mental health, I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to not follow them anymore on Twitter just because uh, you know, most of the time they're either updating you on their new stuff, which you're going to get on the solicitations anyway. So um, I've actually felt a lot better about comics recently over the last month, having unfollowed some of those people because that pressure is gone. The the pressure of having to keep up with everything, which uh, honestly is uh, the most overwhelming part of being a comic book reader and being a comic book collector. So for those of you out there who are maybe just getting into comics, um, you know, good, first off, good luck. Second off, welcome. It's a great place to be. But I really am emphasizing that good luck piece because uh, it can be incredibly overwhelming to try and figure out, you know, where you where do I start? Where do I end? How many books do I read? How am I going to find the money to read all these books? And uh, if this is your first episode with us, uh, my my recommendation, obviously, and for those of you who've been listening, it's gonna be you're gonna know this is get Marvel Unlimited or uh, I think there's a Comicsology.
Trilogy Unlimited too. If you're you like DC stuff, I don't necessarily know if DC has their own DC Unlimited. That'd be kind of cool, but um, that's the best place to start, right? Because th- th- you have access to literally thousands of comics for either a monthly fee or a yearly fee, and you can read those at your leisure and pleasure whenever you want. It's it's one of the best things going right now in terms of bang for your buck because you get the brand new comics the comics that came out this week in stores will be on marvel unlimited in six months and uh, again if you're not following any of these comic book creators or you don't know what's coming and going then that six months doesn't really matter and so uh, when you go onto the app right now six months ago those comics are coming today and we've gotten some great Marvel Unlimited comics too. And so, like I said, I, I kind of dropped off of doing it every single week. And that's partially because uh, it was a lot for me. And also there, there weren't a lot of views on or listens on those. So uh, I didn't want to put myself through that work for um, you know no one listening. But uh, this last week had some fantastic stories as well. So before we dive into the, the uh, physical comics I got, just as a heads up, there were some great ones this week that I'm going to call out. There was a pretty cool, actually enjoyable Star Wars Age of Resistance, Finn. Uh, is a, a one-shot about Finn uh, from the uh, the sequel trilogy, which was great. I thought it was really fun. There's also a Star Wars Target Vader that I enjoyed. Uh, we'll see if it gets better. I think it's a five-issue miniseries. But um, the start of a three-part story called The Prodigal Son. Uh, The first one is Fantastic Four. I think the second one is Silver Surfer. And I don't remember what the third one is. It might be Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't remember. But uh, it was really good. It's about a... uh, it's like this this alien falls to earth and he has I think it's an elemental and he has all these crazy powers and his name is Prodigal uh, but it's spelled differently but it sounds like Prodigal and uh, and so there's not much more than that from this first issue other than he's incredibly powerful and the Fantastic Four essentially tricked him he he landed on Earth and wanted to uh, leave he like by accident landed on earth but he landed in the savage land and a lot of dinosaurs and and neanderthals were like attacking him so he's basically killing a bunch of people and so the fantastic four showed up to stop him and he's like i'm just trying to leave and they're like oh okay well you can leave and so they give they give him one of their ships and they're like why didn't uh i use like valeria or um uh, the son Franklin was like, Dad, why did you just give him a ship? He's like, Oh well, you know, I, I put a thing in the ship where once that ship goes into the atmosphere, it essentially shoots him out into space, so he can't like he can't leave essentially. So they've trapped him. So we'll see if that holds up though, because he's incredibly powerful. But it was a really a really good uh, story and one of those ones where, like I said, I'm glad I waited for Marvel Unlimited because. Uh, every month, it seems, Marvel puts out these one-shots and annuals and little mini-series that get, can add up price-wise because these are $4.99 apiece. But I, I was like, no worries. I'll just wait for Marvel Unlimited. And sure enough, six months later, it popped up here. And I, like I said, if you don't think about it and you don't see people going, oh, my oh my stars and garters, you've got to read this. Like, you have to read this right now. If you don't feel that pressure, you don't, the wait doesn't seem as long. And uh, it was worth it in this case. So there, there was that. There's a couple of other one shots that came out that I didn't read, didn't have interest in. But um, Old Man Quill and Dead Man Logan both came out the, uh, this week too on Marvel Unlimited, and uh, those were really good as well. Uh, really enjoyed them, along with the newest issue of The Punisher. So if you guys aren't reading The Punisher, 
uh, on Marvel Unlimited. I would highly recommend that one. The art is really good. It's Simon Kudransky, who's doing uh, Fallen Angels right now, and it's also by Matthew Rosenberg, who's currently doing the X-Men. And speaking of X-Men, if you have or haven't been keeping up, we're on Uncanny X-Men issue number 21 this week, which means there's only one more issue left in this series. And uh, I'm really excited to see how this one ends, uh, along with Immortal Hulk issue number 20 as well. And that series has been good from the beginning. So that is one of the few ones where I'm glad that I I have it on Marvel Unlimited because I would be buying this live. And and I did when I was, uh, for my anniversary, I bought issue number 25 just because that one came out and it was a special edition issue. But um, uh, reading them on Marvel Unlimited has been so fun because that series, I don't think there's been a single issue in Immortal Hulk that hasn't been short of fantastic. Uh, It's one of those rare instances where when you're reading it, and you kind of get a sense of Al Ewing's writing in the letters section at the end um, that he just, he has such a grand plan. It's it's the same thing. Al Ewing's Immortal Hulk is to Jason Aaron's Thor in my eyes where I can just see he has something where he's probably going to be writing Immortal Hulk for a really long time. He has a really long endgame in plan in place. And uh, I'm just really excited to see where that goes. So um, check out Immortal Hulk if you haven't. And I'm gonna I'm gonna scroll through on here too some of the prior weeks because like I said I um, I haven't really been um, talking about those other ones. But um, yeah, you know, and that's funny too. So some of these weeks there aren't a lot. Some of these weeks there are. And on the prior weeks there really weren't. There was a new issue of Thanos that was good, pretty good. Uh, I'm just reading that one to read it. I, you know, I'm not really looking forward to it. I'm kind of just, it's a, I think it's a five or six issue mini series. So there's really no harm in, uh, you know, getting myself sucked into it because I know it's going to end eventually. But, um, that's, that's, I guess <laughs> a small pitch, I suppose. And I'm certainly not getting paid for it from Marvel unlimited. I wish that'd be great. But even if I wasn't getting paid, uh, it's still too good a deal to pass up. It's sixty nine ninety nine a year. So when you think about it, uh, with a comic book, cover price sticker price these days of typically 399 to 499 for a comic so i'm gonna i'll, I'll do the math here easy for you divided by two is basically 449 uh, of those two average so uh, at 449 a comic for 69.99 divided by 449 is 15 comics so if you as long as you read 15 comics a month you have uh or no oh my god <laughs> As long as you read 15 comics in a year, you will have made this, this will have made itself back in terms of money, which, and that's where I struggle with myself in, in, in purchasing comics live, even from Midtown, because uh, I could, I can meet that sixty nine ninety nine number easily in two months on Midtown, and, t- and even though I'm getting 35% off the comics, uh, it's, it's just insane, that deal. It's absolutely insane. I don't know what Marvel's thinking. Uh, who knows if one day they're going to raise their prices, but you think about it, and and some there are some weeks on Marvel Unlimited where there are 10 comics that are brand new uh, comics that I, have, I haven't read, but most weeks have at least 20 comics coming out. So if you read every single comic from that one week, you would make you would you would be paid up for the entire year. So it's just such a good uh, good deal. So grateful that I have that. But at the same time, I do like buying comics as they come out because I do like being in the know sometimes. And there are certain series where, yeah, Marvel Unlimited is fantastic, but there's that there's that ownership piece 
Uh, and it, it, it's a struggle too. That's a human struggle of that ownership piece, especially with with uh, the streaming uh, age that we live in. Because I I'm a subscriber to uh, Marvel Unlimited. I have uh, Funimation, Netflix, HBO, Amazon, Disney Plus, Hulu, and um, I feel like there's one. Oh well, YouTube, but but YouTube doesn't really count. But in all of those instances, you've got a library of thousands of movies. And technically, you own those movies, right? Like you're paying monthly. You can watch those movies whenever you want. To me, that means you own them. But at the same time, if you know Netflix disappeared tomorrow, you would no longer get to watch any of those movies. So there, there's, there's that human piece of you know my mind still tries to wrap around that whole ownership piece because technically, you know, you can't. You can't own it, but you sort of can. And so when I buy my comics and redeem those digital copies, I have a piece of that now. So I, I can read those digital copies whenever I want. But at the same time, I guess if Marvel ever went under, I'm sure maybe they would all disappear. And, and then I'd say, crap, you know, I wish I hadn't sold all my comics. But that's why you have graphic novels. And uh, and so I guess that's that's uh, that all leads into the small discussion that I... <laughs> small discussion. We're almost 15 minutes in. But uh, this small discussion I wanted to have in regards to, I'm not going to, um, actually, no, I will name names because it's not the biggest deal in the world. But Jordan D. White used to follow him. He was one of the people I'd unfollowed as well. But um, he is a editor for Marvel. So he he is the head editor for the X-Men series right now. So hey, kudos to him. He had a fantastic year last year with uh, the House of X, Powers of 10, and all of the other X-Men stuff. Plus, he, he had a really cool tweet, actually, if you go onto his profile, that um, it was like a collage of every single comic he edited in 2019, and it was a lot of comics, but it was really beautiful, and I was like, wow, like you've done a lot of work, but here's what he said on Twitter. Okay, here's the situation. I have two long boxes. Those are the, the comic long boxes, for those who aren't familiar. They hold probably... God, I don't know, probably at least 100, if not more comics, way more than 100 probably. I have two long boxes overflowing that form my current comic book to-read pile. And that's after weeding out a bunch more stuff I just will probably never get to. So here's my plan. The month of January is going to be comic catch-up month. And if I don't get caught up or almost caught up on a series in January... I abandon it. Honestly, I am not even sure it's possible for me to catch up, but I'm going to try to make the effort and then cut off what I need to cut off. And um, so I guess, you know, stew with that for a minute. You have an, a head editor at a comic book company saying that he has so many comics that he can't get through all of them and is going to abandon them. This is the same person or same company that is telling you and advertising to you to buy more comics. And for all of these creators, like I said, who are saying this comic is the next big thing, this is going to be the craziest comic that you've ever read, your life is going to change forever the minute that you read this comic. You may want to go buy a lottery ticket because... Uh, you know, some things in your life, it, it's just things are going to be very different for you after you read this comic. You may look at water differently, uh, food may taste differently, your house, you know, your whole uh, perception of reality may change. You may start seeing, you may go colorblind, or maybe you'll be able to see color. The blind will see, uh, the lame will leap. 
it uh, it's it's truly going to be the best issue you've ever read in your life. You just got to fork fork over five dollars, but um, but it's okay. So you have that, and then Tom Brevoort, who is one of the Tom Brevoort used to be, I think, an editor. He, he but he's a little bit higher up now. He's like a senior editor or something like that. Uh, but he said he replied to him, and he says it can be done. The greater question is, should it be done? Once you're a certain point behind, it's only sane to cut your losses and start over. This isn't meant to feel like homework. What the hell? You've got two, two, I would call them executives at Marvel. Obviously, you know, they're not the CEOs, but I'm saying you've got, you've got people at, that'd be the same thing as if, I'm trying to think of what the equivalent of this would be. Oh yeah, the equivalent of this would be uh, would be like if the CEO at Netflix was uh, you know every day on Netflix, the Netflix Twitter is constantly tweeting out pictures and uh, trailers, and you're getting emails in your inbox from Netflix saying there's a new movie out that I think you're gonna like. There's a new TV show that I I think you're gonna enjoy. Hey, we've got you know, have you seen The Witcher? Have you seen Stranger Things? Have you seen Marriage Story? Have you seen Dolomite Is My Name? Hey, have you seen Two Popes? Have you seen uh, Six Underground? Ooh, but if you like uh, Stranger Things, you're gonna love Agretzko and you're going to love all of the new Netflix anime shows that we've got out for you. But if that's not your bag, you know, we've got some How to Train Your Dragon shows and we've also got some other children's shows and some more adult skewing shows like, uh, man, and this is all off the top of my head, so I'm trying to remember other Netflix things on here. Oh, The Irishman. You have three hours to kill? You're going to love The Irishman. That would be the equivalent of the CEO of Netflix tweeting out, Netflix puts out so much content that I just can't keep up with it. For the month of January, I'm going to try to watch every single Netflix show. And for the ones that I can't watch, I'm never going to watch them again. I'm cutting my losses. And then the CFO replies to him and says, hey, man, sometimes that's what you got to do. Okay, well, then why are you marketing to people to have them try and watch every single thing on here? The only difference in this comparison is with Marvel they're having you pay $5 for every comic or $4 for every comic. You're not paying a monthly fee. You're paying a per comic fee. And so sometimes those months, like I said, my typical Midtown comic shipment right now, and I'm I'm subscribing to maybe, I don't know, six or seven comics, maybe less. No, it's, it's so my shipment that just came in this week was 13 comics. And it was probably like 40 to 50 bucks. That's at a 35% off discount. So if you're buying those from your typical comic book store, most comic book stores give you 10% off. And uh, so it's going to be more than that. So maybe you're paying $60 a month. So that's your subscription service is a $60 a month to read comics. For some, maybe it's even 100 Sometimes when I'm in the comic shop, I see people that grab piles, like literal piles of like 30 comics that are stacked. And I'll be standing in line in front of them and they'll get rung up. And it's like $120 and they just pay it like it's nothing. And I'm looking at them like, you're a hero, man. That's awesome. How do you even have the time to read all of those? And for some people, it's easy. But for other people, clearly, like the employees at Marvel, they can't handle it. They can't read all of these comics. So I don't know. The The, the point of this story is you have a system where every month and every every month, really, there's hundreds of comics coming out. 
how can you weed through that as a consumer, especially as a, consu- a frugal consumer? How do you weed, weed, weed through that? And the easy answer, honestly, the easy answer is Marvel Unlimited. Um, but if, you, if you're not doing Marvel Unlimited and you're doing live comics, I would say the easiest answer is just find the comics that you like and just read those. And again, like I said, I would highly recommend maybe not following the comic creators because they do such a good job of making you feel like you have to get this comic. The FOMO is real. The fear of missing out is alive and well in the comic book industry. And it has to be because they it's a it's a it's not a dying industry. Some would say it's an industry on life support, but I I argue differently because uh, I just I don't see comics going away anytime soon. Even if physical comic shops disappear, they're gonna just go digital. Uh, it's funny you'll see like uh, uh, on a Wednesday when the new comic comes out, especially for like House of X comics, there would already be like 300 reviews on Marvel's app uh, by like what like noon. So most comic shops haven't even opened up yet. So you've had 300 purchases on the app alone. And then when you look at the comic sales numbers, most of those really high, a a really high performing comic book is going to sell, and this is like pie in the sky, this is like House of X issue number one, um, the, you know, the, the special edition of, I mean, technically special, the special Batman issue, I think really outdid it. But if you, if you're wanting a, a solid win, a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand copies is what you want to shoot for. I would say, uh, a good sustainable comic from what I'm seeing on there is double digits for sure. So like anywhere from probably like 20 to 20 to a hundred thousand, uh, copies, and so there are some comics on there that are selling less than that. And obviously when you look at, and you can find this all on Comicron, I believe is what it is, Comicron.com, um, December's numbers haven't been released yet, but when you're looking at uh, November's, uh, there are also, say, prior issues, like an issue that came out a month ago that people are still buying that sell maybe you know a couple thousand issues at that point. Some sell 500, but that's, that's the typical amount of comics that are being sold. So when you think about that on a macro level, a hundred thousand issues or a hundred thousand copies of one issue that's not a lot of people reading comics uh it may seem like it and again you know you got your digital sales marvel typically doesn't release their digital numbers but a hundred thousand people out of a country of you know 500 million or whatever it is that we're at right now is small change so there's a giant market that that marvel is not looking to to market towards or maybe they are i don't know i'm not i don't work for marvel but all i'm saying is it's not as crazy as things are made out to be. Yeah, this new comic may be the best thing since sliced bread, and honestly, some of these comics are, but there's only 100,000 people reading that comic, so it's not, you. don't worry about missing out. You're not. Trust me, you're not, and I'm saying that from very big experience, and, and I, because most of the time, I I'm I buy my comics and then I go into spells where I don't buy any comics and I just read on Marvel Unlimited, and then some new comic is solicited and I'm like, ooh, okay, all right, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna go back to to buying comics. It, it's a it's an ebb and flow, and I think I think that's the best way to navigate it. Is again, if a comic catches your eye, 
uh, go all in, go all in on that comic. If it's, if, especially if it's a mini series, because then you know that you're only going in for like five issues or wait a little bit because once those five issues are done, usually in the month or two after that, a graphic novel of those issues will be combined and come out. And typically those trade paperbacks are cheaper than the issues. So when you look at like a series of, uh, five comics, uh, typically those comics, so if, if, for example, if you've got a, a comic series of five comics, uh, that's going to be about $20, $19.95 at a $3.99 cover price, uh, whereas that um, that trade paperback is typically going to be either $15.99 or $17.99, and there are places that you can go to get really good deals on trade paperbacks as well, so if you're, if you're into maybe waiting until an arc comes out, uh, yeah, that's a great way to do it. And there's multiple ways to get into it that way too. Uh, and you know, it's funny, I did not anticipate this turning into a, how to get into comics episode, but I'm digging it and we're going to keep rolling with it. Uh, we'll get to the comics that I read eventually, but, um, I don't know why I'm just, I, this is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this. So we're going to, we're going to keep moving into this. So, um, you can go, you go with Amazon is, is a one great way. And, and the, the trick is, um, the trick is to keep an eye out on the uh, the solicitation books. So I've said this before in prior episodes, Marvel releases their solicitations three months in advance on the dot every single time. So uh, at the end of January, the last, so the, the week before the last week of January on Thursday, Marvel or Newsarama will report the solicitations for Marvel uh, and DC's actually come out a week before that. So if you're interested in DC, they do it too. But um, Marvel solicitations will come out in for in Janu- at the end of January for April is where we'll be at. And so technically it's February for April, but they come out at the end of January. So I say three months. And then that last week of January, they physically come out. So you can go to your comic shop and pick up the solicitations book. It's actually really cool. It's like 150 pages. So it's like a giant sized comic book, but it's free. And each page is just a solicitation for the comic. And so you can go through that and read it and go, ooh, this one looks like it'd be really good. I'm going to jump on this one. And so you can either tell your comic shop, like, hey, I want these ones, and they'll, they'll mark you down for them. Or at the very back end of the solicitation, each month they announce all of the trade paperbacks and hardcover comics that are coming out as well. So, for example, in, in a specific month, um, oh, you know, great example is the so House of X and Powers of uh, Ten were um, solicited as a hardcover book for sixty dollars, and uh, that was supposedly it's supposed to come out in December, so that was solicited like in October, I think. And uh, so there's two, there's three, I guess three ways you can go about doing this. Well, technically four. You could either tell your comic shop that you want one of these hardcovers, and they'll they'll put you on order for it. It's the exact same as getting a comic. Just be aware that most comic shops are probably going to charge you the cover price. So sixty dollars, you're probably going to pay sixty bucks for it, uh, or you know you'll get your ten percent off, or who knows, you may be at a lucky place where they, go, ooh, you know, we'll give you you know twenty percent off if you do you do hardcovers. But that's one you can do it that way, or if you're doing Midtown Comics, which again, you get them at 35% off, it's the same for the hardcovers and the softcovers, you can get them for 35% off there, and then that's just included in your monthly shipment. The other way, which is a really fun and easy way, is if you've got an Amazon Prime account, you can typically get a pretty good deal on Amazon if you're smart about it. So um, Amazon will actually solicit these comics before Marvel does. So um, for example, I think the House of X was solicited in like July. 
and it's weird it'll it'll show on amazon as a product but it won't even have a picture it'll just say i you know house of x slash powers of 10 and it'll sometimes and so you know a quick story on that i a long time ago uh probably five years ago uh i had pre-ordered spider-man uh the clone conspiracy really good story that um i had read what was it i'm trying to remember maybe no 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 i didn't even get to it on marvel unlimited i it was right after i had stopped getting comics at the store and uh i wanted to read the clone conspiracy but it was the same thing it was like well you got to read the amazing spider-man main series and then there's a bunch of uh side stories and one shots and i was like i can't do this like i can't it's the same thing. It's like there's too much content. But the nice thing is when those hardcovers come out or the trade paperbacks, they combine them all for you. So the the hardcover for the Clone Conspiracy had all of the Spider-Man issues plus all of the extra issues. And it was a big hardcover. I think it was a $50 hardcover, which is a – those are typically a really good-sized hardcover. It's probably like three or 400 pages. And Amazon had it listed for $25. And I was like, this can't be right. It was like, it may have even been less. It was like more than 50% off. And this again was like a comic, the, the hardcover was supposed to come out. It would have been like, it was almost like a year ahead of that. And, and Amazon will do that. They'll be on there. No photo, but they're there. And I was like, no way. And so the trick is with Amazon, Amazon has a pre-order price guarantee. So if you pre-order the comic and say you pre-order that book for 50 bucks and at some point it drops down to 30, you will then pay 30. You pay whatever the lowest price is whenever you pre-order it. So the sooner you pre-order it, the more chance you have of if the price drops during that time. And obviously you can cancel your pre-order at any time. So you can cancel it up to the day before. But if you've got Prime, you get it the day of typically. So whenever that comic comes out, it'll be at your door the day of the, the hardcover. But um, it was great. So I like I pre-ordered it for like 23 bucks, And then literally like two weeks later, it went back up to like 45 I was like, oh, I nailed it. And so I only paid 20 bucks for it. And uh, it was awesome. And so I read it. It was great. And then um, I think I sold it like a year or two later for 50 bucks. So I so I ended up making some money on it, which was great. But there's that option, which uh, is great. Like I said, Amazon does good. But also be, be wary that Amazon also will list things for not that much. So in the House, House of X example, I pre-ordered it on Amazon for $35. But I specifically pre-ordered it on Amazon because the photo they had listed at the time was the Mark's, Mark Brooks variant cover uh, which is just this beautiful painting of all the X-Men um, and I wanted that cover and then as the pre-order was going uh, and it was 35 bucks it was listed for 35 so I was like this is crazy that's $25 off and uh, so I pre-ordered it and then as the date got closer they adjusted the cover art to there's like this special new cover that was made that looks really cool but wasn't Mark Brooks and I was like well I don't know if I'm going to be able to find the Mark Brooks cover because it was a, a direct market variant cover essentially um, so I stuck with the pre-order and um, that leads me into the fourth and final and in my opinion best way of getting graphic novels and trade paperbacks which is a website called cheapgraphicnovels.com and I'm saying this with a giant bit of hesitancy because this is a huge secret this is a I wouldn't call it a dark web website but all I'm saying is I don't think enough people know about this website because this website shouldn't exist everything that is on cheap graphic novels is at least 
40% off or more. They have sales going on all the time. And obviously there are certain ones that are sold out, but they, they have everything. So I found the uh, the uh, Mark Brooks variant cover of House of X on there for $35.99. I was like, cool, I'm going to get that. So I sold my my regular cover for $40, so I made 5 bucks on it, and then used that money to purchase the Mark Brooks cover. The only downside, and it's technically not even a downside, is they have flat rate shipping, media mail, for $7.95. So you're going to pay $7.95 no matter how many books you buy. So the best way to go about it on, on this website is to buy as many books as you can to make it worth it. So I got that and they had the Art of Captain Marvel book uh, for $9. So I picked that up as well because I've got the Art of uh, Avengers Endgame, Infinity War, and Civil War and I really wanted Captain Marvel. They have other Art of books on there as well. They have all of them but they have some other ones that they just price dropped. The Spider-Man Homecoming's Art of book was $14. Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp I think were both 9 bucks. but uh, I'm not as big on I don't need to know the art on those movie, movies. But uh, just so you're aware, again, they like some of their books are up to 95% off. They have a Christmas sale going on right now, an after-Christmas sale. You can get Marvel trade paperbacks of current stories for $3 on there. Just remember to pile them on because that $7.95 shipping does offset things just a little bit. But you can get omnibuses on there, the big giant books, for like $30 bucks or $40. Bucks. Some of them are even even more, but that's a cover price of $125 that you're getting for like 40 bucks. So highly recommend checking that out if you're looking into cheap, uh, cheap graphic novels. Um, but yeah, so those are, those are all really the kinds of different ways that you can go about getting your comics is either as single issues, getting them digitally, getting them as trade paperbacks, which again, typically come out just a short time after the series or the arc is completed or wait six months and have them come to Marvel Unlimited. So just know you have options. And again, just focus on the stories that you want to read. If you are reading a series and you don't like what you're reading, stop reading it. You don't, you have no obligation to see it through to the end because every single comic these days has a recap page at the front end. That's going to tell you what you missed if you wanted to jump back in at a later date. And it's no truer than when I, I forget what happens in a prior comic. And then I read that recap page. I'm like, Oh, that's right. All right, let's go. And then I dive into the next book. So um, that is a really long 30-minute explanation of how to get into comics. But I thought it was good to have. It's a new year. It's January. And uh, there's going to be some great stuff coming out this year. I have a really good feeling. And uh, so I think, again, no, no greater time to be alive than right now, right here with you guys. So... Uh, we're going to move on to these comics that, that I read this week. So um, for those of you who are aware, Venom, uh, it was Venom issue number 21 and 22. This is after Absolute Carnage has wrapped up. We're in Venom Island now. And for those of you who are maybe wondering if Donny Cates is running out of steam, he absolutely isn't. Not one bit. This story is so good. He's going back. Eddie Brock is going back to the island that he took Spider-Man to in the 90s, back when he was Venom. He's going there to get the Carnage symbiote out of him. And it is just an intense, awesome story. I can't believe that Absolute Carnage is like only scratching the surface of what Donny Cates has planned for Venom. He, again, Donny Cates is to Venom as uh, Jason Aaron is to Thor, as Al Ewing is to Hulk. Like these current creators right now are just absolutely killing it. So those, if you're not reading Venom, I would highly recommend jumping on it. Uh, Marvel Unlimited, I think, if we're doing the math right now, 
Uh, they're probably on issue like 17. So great time to jump on in Marvel Unlimited or in live because, like I said, there's going to be some big things for Venom coming up in the future. Um, so now is as good a time as any to jump on it. Um, in terms of the X-Men books, uh, I'm we're getting to the point now. We're five issues in on these X-Men books, and I think anyone could probably tell which books they're liking, which books they're not liking. You've kind of gotten an idea. So here's where we stand. Um, X-Men, I'm, I'm, I was weary about it after issue three, but issue four has me back in love with it because that entire issue centers around Xavier. And I, again, spoilers for all of these. I'm probably going to say some spoilers. So if you don't want to know, just skip ahead a little bit. I'll try to not be as spoilery again. I, I'm not going to be actually going in and looking at the comics. So um, that way I don't spoil them for you guys. But what I am going to do is I'll just be kind of talking about what I remember. And so in uh, in this, and I'm just looking at them on my app, but in X-Men 4, Apocalypse, Magneto, and Xavier are going to like a UN meeting to negotiate things and it is by far one of the best comics that i've read this year and we've only got a couple of weeks in the year but if you guys loved house of x and powers of 10 this is the this is the series for you is this x-men series especially issue number four because this is dealing directly with the fallout of what happened not only in x-force when uh, professor xavier got shot and killed and then now he has been you know resurrected again but just the whole, you know, mutants or are, are, are the future sort of thing. It's just, it's so good. There's a, I'm actually going to go to it. I am going into it, but there's a, there's a line in here. The art is incredible. It makes, the X-Men just look so badass. Oh, that's right. There's a, oh, there's a whole thing in here with Gorgon. And you guys know Gorgon is one of my, um, one of my favorite villains and he's no longer a villain now, but, um, he is, he is the bodyguard of professor Xavier, which is the coolest thing in the world. And in this issue, we get to see him kind of being a bodyguard, but, um, we get to this, there's this bit where there is essentially a battle of words in this episode of, uh, the X-Men kind of talking in, um, to all of these people in the UN. And, uh, there's, God, there's, so there's this bit here. He says, um, uh, Magneto says, do you know how medieval socialites got lead? They had to mine it from Roman ruins because the technology, the knowledge of how to do it was lost during the Dark Ages. This wasn't an aberration. You humans, through war, short-sightedness, or pure ignorance, tend to destroy yourselves every few thousand years. Look at the end of the Bronze Age, a dark age before the Dark Ages. You don't even know what caused the end of it, but there it is, yet another hole in the collective memory of man. And the guy says, who cares what caused the end of the Bronze Age? And Apocalypse says, I was alive then, and you should care. And he says, is that so? Then tell us, what caused the collapse? And Apocalypse says, me. And I was just like, oh my god. Uh, but it's so cool the way that like Jonathan Hickman is just such a good writer. And while they're doing that, Professor Xavier is mentally uh, communicating with uh, Gorgon and Cyclops and is like, hey, there are people who are coming to attack us. They're on the third floor. You're going to need to stop them. And so it's just, oh my goodness, it's just such a good story. So I'm loving X-Men. I'm, so, I'm just so bummed that it's delayed. Uh, Marauders is still, I'm still enjoying it, but... 
I'm waiting for something to happen. I feel like like there should be something happening by now, and there's just been a lot of buildup. And uh, we're gonna, I'm sure we're going to be getting to a headway soon. Obviously, they've got a plan for all of this, so I'm not super worried. But um, the one that I'm, I'm sort of falling low on is Excalibur. So I'm on issue five of Excalibur. And I just, I don't know if it's it's the, the character grouping. The only reason I was getting Excalibur is because of Apocalypse. And he is awesome in it, but he's not in the entire comic. So the rest of the comic that I'm reading is not as interesting to me. I do love Betsy Braddock as uh, Captain Britain, and that's all been interesting. And now there's some new updates with Rogue in here too, which has been cool. But for the most part, I... And I, I'm I've I'm midtown through I think issue number eight, so I will probably see this through till issue number twelve maybe, because uh, it's certainly not bad and I'm enjoying reading it. But again, like I said, if it's something I'm not enjoying, I'm probably gonna stop reading it. Um, Fallen Angels, the one that I've kind of been falling off on for real, that's probably was my least favorite of all of them, is now becoming more right as it ends. So issue five was actually really good in setting up, I'm hoping, what is the ending of this because there's no solicitation for a seventh issue. But um, issue five was really good. Fallen Angels, really enjoying it. New Mutants. New Mutants is getting funnier and funnier. It is getting so good, and that's in part because... Jonathan Hickman is turning uh, Roberto da Costa uh, Sunspot into a hilarious and awesome and badass character. And he's essentially becoming the new Deadpool. And I won't say more about that, but um, when you read issue number five, you'll be like, ah, I know exactly what Alex is talking about. So um, that one's been really good. And X-Force. X-Force is actually badass. X-Force is one of my favorites. Um, everything that's been happening in X-Force has just been nonstop action and updates where, like, everything that's happening in Excalibur, every issue, I'm like, okay, well, how is this affecting the X-Men at large? Whereas X-Force is directly impacting the X-Men at large. So if you're not reading X-Force, I would highly recommend jumping on that. Or again, we're on issue five. So that means that in, uh, wait a minute, actually, that means that we are a long ways from we're like not we're quite a ways away from issue number one showing up on Marvel Unlimited because House of X hasn't even come on Marvel Unlimited. So if you're patient, actually if you're patient, this is gonna pay off for you because Marvel is announcing so many X-Men titles and I am not keeping up with them. They just announced Cable, uh, Hellions, and there was one other one, and, and I'm just I'm not I can't I can't read ten different X Men comics in one month. The 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 it's it's literally too much of a good thing, and um so if you're waiting for Marvel Unlimited though, you could read all ten if you wanted to because they're gonna be free. So I'll be reading those when they come to Marvel Unlimited. But for the most part, X Men is still going strong. Really happy about it. Um, this next month we've got uh. I'm trying to think. Well, we've just got the wrap-up of all the issue sixes, and then in February there's going to be the new uh, giant size X-Men and Wolverine, which I am I will be getting both of those, and I will at least be getting the first, probably going to just do the first six issues of Wolverine, and thankfully the giant size X-Men is also a miniseries, um, so that one's going to be cool. And honestly, I would at least just pick up that first issue of giant size because the cover is by Russell Dowderman and it's one of the most beautiful pieces of art I've ever seen in my entire life. It's actually the background for my phone right now. So moving on to the non X-Men ones, we've got agents of Atlas issue number five. So, uh, this finishes up the agents of Atlas miniseries. It was honestly not great. Uh, it was good. It definitely wraps everything up and there's some introductions into dragons, but it essentially it's, it doesn't end. 
there's no ending to this. It moves right into this Atlantis Attacks, which comes out in February, I think, or it may come out this month. But um, it's another mini series, Atlantis Attacks, that I decided I'm going to wait for Marvel Unlimited on because, again, these Agents of Atlas books were good, enjoyable, but certainly not worth my money uh, to buy them immediately when they come out. Uh, but I'm fine waiting for, I'm glad that I read the ones that I read because there's just so many cool characters in there. Like, I, I, I don't think there's a single character on the Agents of Atlas that I don't like. You got Shang-Chi, uh, Silk, um, uh, Wave, Crescent and Io, Brawn, uh, Arrow, Swordmaster. God, there's so many. Oh, and Luna Snow. She's been, she's become one of my favorites. Uh, but no, but it was good. Uh, Captain Marvel is also is was another one. Captain Marvel issue number thirteen. This new storyline is really interesting. I don't think enough people are talking about it. The only uh, hubbub that I'm hearing about is uh, anti Captain Marvel stuff, which is no surprise. I mean that's that just comes with the territory. But this storyline is really good. She, we just kind of and we kind of find out the background in this. But all I'll say is. Captain Marvel is killing the Avengers. So in the first issue, she kills Thor. And then in this issue, she kills Iron Man. And obviously, and I knew it from the beginning, obviously, you know, maybe a little bit, I was like, uh-oh, but there's more to the story. But uh, it is a cool premise, right? Like, she's literally killing the Avengers. So uh, we kind of find out more of the backstory in this issue 13 to go, oh, this is really interesting. So I'm really enjoying it. The art is fantastic, and the cover art is by Mark Brooks. So if you're into him, like I said, he did a great X-Men one, but he's been doing great Captain Marvel covers. Uh, she's in this badass new costume that is, like, black and red. I would love to see this in the movies, but um, we'll we'll see how it progresses. I'm here for it. I'm enjoying it, uh, and I think this one too. I'm gonna probably end. We'll see how it ends and what the next uh, the next um, arc is announced as. Because if depending on what it is, I'll probably stop reading Captain Marvel after issue 15, which is the end of this arc, uh, unless again it's something awesome. But um, but it's good. I'm really enjoying it. History of the Marvel Universe issue number six. That's the end of the era. Um, really good. It ends on a note that I didn't quite approve. And so here, here's what I'm going to say. And this one, I'm actually, there will be spoilers for history of the Marvel universe. And I say that because I think this is something you're going to want to be spoiled on. This book has been so beautiful. It's been so uh, all encompassing that I'm, I, and I said this in the last few reviews was this is the final issue. Are they going to tease things that are coming in the future? And they do, but they do it in the, in the worst way, in the most classic Marvel way that kind of touches on everything that we talked about on this episode in terms of teasing. So we'll get to it. But uh, this this issue starts with uh, Thanos and the Black Order, basically the story that's in Jonathan Hickman's Infinity, and goes all the way till the end, I think, of the end of the universe. But what happens is after, uh, where are we at? So they, they do a whole page on Secret Empire and then on the new Avengers, the Fantastic Four returning, the War of the Realms, and then the final piece is uh, a beautiful picture of uh, House of X. But it says, he says, most impressively, Xavier donning a new Cerebro helmet perfected an elaborate ceremony by which all the mutants could be resurrected from the grave when need be. And then, and I'm going, oh, here we go, here comes the new stuff. And then, and then... And then, and then the next page 
just says the age of Khonshu. So these technically would all be possibly new things that are going to be coming out either in 2020 or in the next few years. But it says the age of Khonshu, which is, uh, that's Moon Knight. The interstellar reign of the half-breed, which is in reference to that new, that comic Incoming, the $9.99 comic that I said I was excited for. One of the worst comics that I've read in a long time. And one of the reasons, like I said, is just, it was a giant hype machine. The story was not good. It was a, it was a real downer. I'm really bummed that I bought it. Um, so I'm, I don't, I don't care at all about this. It's a story about the, it's, it's essentially a redo or it's going to be a rehash of the Kree scroll war, which I, like I said, I'm just done with this. I'm done with Marvel doing, uh, reboots of all of their stories instead of coming up with something new. Like they just did the, uh, infinity wars. Oh, civil war two. Now we're going to be doing empire, which is essentially this new scroll war sort of thing. So who knows, maybe it'll be good, but I'll find out when it comes to Marvel unlimited. So it says that the rise of the outlaw generation that is in re- reference to, there was a tease that, uh, all of the young champions like uh, Miss Marvel, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, all of them, essentially, I guess, uh, they're outlawed. There's a new law that's put into place that young superheroes cannot be superheroes, which is essentially just a retreading of the, the Civil War thing. So we'll see where that goes. Um, the King in Black, which obviously is Null, and they've got a photo of Null there. So that actually I'm really looking forward to. The Wedding of Tony Stark and Emma Frost. What does that mean? No idea. We'll, we'll find out. The Tragic Fate of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones' Second Child. The Defenders of Tomorrow. Threadneedle. Warbird. The Fate of Mephisto. And he starts, Galactus starts kind of going out of focus and Franklin says, whoa, 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 stay with me. And then... So those, I guess, are the teases of what's to come. And then the final pages are all of the future comics, the ones that uh, came out kind of in the 80s and 90s, like Spider-Man 2099. So they're they're calling that a part of the history of the Marvel Universe. That's great. And then the very end of this is really touching. And I'm not spoiling that, but there's just a really beautiful... Man, I I just I eventually I am going to buy this. This, uh, this graphic novel comes out as a... Um, comes out as a, a treasury edition which means the book's extra big so you can see the art because the art is just beautiful in this story uh, i'm really considering getting that uh at some point because it's essentially like a textbook it's like a history book you're getting a really great history of the marvel universe um so that that like i said really enjoyed that thought it was great but i was really bummed i was like oh man that's all you're gonna tease like ah it would have been cool if they'd have actually gone all out uh, and then I got the first issue of Symbiote Spider-Man Alien Reality because of a variant cover. It was good. It was good. It's a very interesting story. I'm not going to continue reading it until it comes to Marvel Unlimited. So it's it's uh, an interesting situation that um, Spider-Man has found himself in that I'm, I won't spoil it. But uh, safe to say I am a little intrigued. I'm a little intrigued on that series. Uh, the next, uh, the ne- these next two comics were five ninety nine, so I'm glad I bought them on Midtown because it ended up being three eighty nine instead of five ninety nine. But this first one was Star Wars Empire Ascendant, so this was essentially the primer book for the new Star Wars comics that come out this year. And the reason I bought it, and I am so grateful that I did, is because there was a variant cover. I got the variant cover of 
it's uh it's ray jumping over kylo ren's ship from rise of skywalker and it looks so badass it's so cool uh, i may have to uh find some way to share it but um so yeah so it's fine it's a big issue and honestly uh it, the the cover this variant cover was worth the price that's the, really the only reason i bought it the the story inside was a bonus and i'm glad for that because the story inside isn't that great uh essentially it's four stories it's a it's a story preview of the new star wars by charles sewell that looks interesting for sure uh but it, nothing happens in the story except we see that i guess poe dameron's parents are in hoth with luke and, and company and I guess we didn't know it, and uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, but then there's a Darth Vader one that's kind of, eh, and that's for the new Darth Vader coming out with by uh, Greg Pak. And then there's a new. This is actually really cool because I love this character, Doctor Afra. She was introduced in uh, Kieran Gillen's uh, Darth Vader back in 2015 in issue three, and uh, she's had a series going on now for like 30 issues or something. And there's going to be a new series reboot in April, which is kind of exciting, by Alyssa Wong, who uh, she did the Marvel Future Fight comics that I read. They were they were okay, but I I really like Doctor Afra because she's just a really interesting character. She's a she's an archaeologist, like a space archaeologist, but she's she's like a good guy and a bad guy, very gray area, and she works with. Uh, the two droids, which are, what are they, triple um, zero and and um, BT, something like that. It's essentially a C-3PO and R2-D2 that are murder bots, and it's one of the best creations that the comic books have ever come up with. And so that was sort of, it honestly wasn't that good of a story either, but it was a nice setup, I suppose, for what's to come. And then the final one was a Bounty Hunter one, which was also cool, I guess, if you like. Uh, Valence, I think, was the Bounty Hunter. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like I said, some of these stories, they weren't they weren't great, but I got it for the cover, and I'm still really happy about that cover. But out of the Midtown comics that I got, the comic that I loved best was King Thor, issue number four. So that's the wrap-up of Jason Aaron's run. I got choked up reading it. And I, a tear almost came out of my eye. I was that happy and that sad about it ending. It's it's a beautiful end to Thor, a beautiful end to Jason Aaron's run on Thor. And he, he writes a beautiful one-page letter to the fans thanking them and kind of telling the story of how everything came about. So cool. A bunch of guest artists on it. And where he leaves Thor, obviously... Uh, Donnie Cates is doing Thor and I am going to be reading that, uh, monthly too. Really excited for Donnie Cates doing Thor, but Jason Aaron just puts Thor in such a great place. And he truly, and I, like I said, I will, I'll argue with anybody, but I should probably read Walter Simonson's run on Thor before I do the arguing. But, um, Jason Aaron is by far the best writer of Thor. It just, he, grasps Thor in such a way and he kind of goes into it in his letter but it's because he and, and there's actually a really really awesome for those of you who are listening and want more Thor there is an amazing YouTube video by Wisecrack that is about Thor and Jason Aaron's run on Thor and they go into kind of Thor or Jason Aaron's influences and it's because Jason Aaron's an atheist and so he writes such a good Thor because most of his questions are like why are gods worthy why are they deserving of being prayed to why why all these beautiful just questions that I think somebody who um you know was religious in that regard maybe wouldn't have the strength to talk about 
and Jason Aaron just does such a good job talking about bringing up that discussion, and I, I just think that's the coolest thing in the world. So King Thor was a success in every regard and the perfect cap to Jason Aaron's run on the series, so I'm really sad to see him go. But just as with any great uh, college graduation uh, Instagram post, I'm really excited to see where uh, Donny Cates take goes from here. So, uh, so that's those are all the comics I read, and also I also read the last issue of Harleen, which was that DC Comics Black Label. Really good. Really liked it. Um, uh, highly recommend that series. Actually, it's only three uh, issues, but it's a it's an oversized comic, so it's like a it almost looks like a magazine, a, like a weird sized magazine. But, uh, but yeah, so those were the comics for that kind of came out in December in the beginning of January. So we will be, we will be doing this again next month when, uh, I get my Midtown shipment for all of the other January comics that I've got. And, uh, again, keep a lookout for, I will get that episode up for our, uh, and I'm, I've decided to, because I, I've realized as well, I don't like labeling the comic book club podcast as the comic book club i think if you're looking at it you should know exactly what you're getting into in terms of what we're going to be reading or talking about during that issue and so i think in regards to that i'm i'm either gonna uh, i'll basically change the title but so just so you're aware the one that's gonna we're gonna do for january again is gonna be that captain phasma miniseries uh, along with issue 25 of darth vader uh, just because we're still we're at least over here at comics and cinema we are still on that star wars high that rise of skywalker high and uh, so I wanted to go into detail on Darth Vader's origins and, and just that beautiful ending to Charles Sewell's run, along with the great story about Captain Phasma, because I, I feel like she did not get her due in the movies, and this comic more than makes up for it. So again, super easy read. It's only four issues, and uh, I believe it's called Journey to the Last Jedi, uh, Captain Phasma. Uh, but if you just go on Marvel Unlimited and type in Captain Phasma, it's the only one about Captain Phasma, besides... Uh, actually, we haven't gotten the Age of Resistance Captain Phasma one shot yet, but that one will be coming out too. Hey, if that one comes out before, uh, if that comes out before I record it, that will also be a comic that we will discuss. Will be the Captain Phasma Age of Resistance comic. So that's where I'm going to wrap things up here for comics and cinema. I'm your host Alex Klein, and I hope you enjoy reading these comics. <music>